Welcome to River Edge Podcasts. We hope this message inspires and encourages you today. Thank you. You may be seated. Give a high five to somebody. So good to see you guys. My, my daughter just looked across at me and said, are you going to preach with a beanie on? And I'm like, I might. Isn't the choice mine? Because for some reason, I feel mightily underdressed. I thought it was going to be warm today. Why are you laughing? Like, I'm freezing. Like, I seriously am. Thank you, guys. Thank you, team. Did a great job today. Thank you, Chelsea, for leading us in worship. Worship. Psalm 100. I love Psalm 100. It's nice and short, very succinct. And it says this, shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Well, my mic's really loud. That, don't worry, my voice is really loud. That word shout actually means to shatter and pierce the ears. You ever done? I can shout like that. Kylie, yeah, my family go, yes. My dog says, yes. Shout for joy to the to the Lord, not just shout for joy, but shout to the Lord with joy, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. That word worship means to actually make yourself subservient to, to be a servant of, to be a slave of. Worship. It's a, it's an, it's a weird... I'm going to talk about words a lot today. Is that all right? Maybe we should pray first that your minds are ready. Who, who's awake and alert? Who's had a coffee this morning? Can I have a coffee? Somebody? No. Father, thank you for your presence being here today. Jesus, I'm so grateful that it's for freedom that you have set us free, that we can walk in freedom, that the only one that we need to be bonded to is the Father and subservient and enslaved to him through love. May the mind of Christ, may the mind of the Spirit just permeate us right now. May we be one in spirit, may be one in mind, the mind of Christ, the mind of the Spirit, In Jesus' mighty name, may revelation flow. Thank you for your comfort, your nurture, your revelation flowing today, Holy Spirit. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Hey, you switched on. Worship the Lord with gladness. I've seen some people in worship and it's just like... And that's not the way we're meant to do it. It's meant to be with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. Know that the Lord is God and it is he who has made us and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Now, if you didn't know this part, that that part right there, you'll know this part. Enter his gates with what? Oh, you know it. And his courts with? Ooh, give thanks to him and praise his name for the Lord is good and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. I love that. That is such a reminder to me in my life and in my attitudes and in my words and in my downtime and in my uptimes and every time that I need to be emulating this. And um. Jesus said in Matthew 16, verse 19, I will give you the keys of the kingdom. A lot of people think that the key to the kingdom is Jesus. It's not just one key. It's actually lots and lots of keys. And if you are eager to get some keys to unlock some stuff in your life, you need this in your life. You need to know this and read through it. Listen to it. We've all got phones that are smartphones. Mine's a bit dumb. 
But um, we've got smartphones. It's not dumb as in doesn't have a voice because I'll be talking to somebody and then I hear this female's voice going, what do you want? And it's Siri and I'm like, shut up, Siri. No one likes you. That's rough, isn't it? It's a bit of... Give thanks to the Lord. I've got to get back into that zone. I'm stepped out of it for a second. I'll give you to the keys of the kingdom and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in the heavenlies. And whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in the heavenlies. This is a profound message from Jesus. And we've been looking at Matthew 5, Matthew 6, and Matthew 7. And just this incredible message that Jesus gave, this, this sermon on the mount to his disciples and also to this crowd that had gathered because they went, whoa, there's something happening here. There's life here. There's teaching here. There's truth here. And they followed him for a long time. This crowd just crowds gathered around him because he carried something that we are all meant to carry. Um, Bind on earth, bound in heaven, loose on earth, it's loosed in the heavenlies. There is a massive key of the kingdom talking about keys, that is available to us at any time, and it's a key that lifts us out of the ordinary, lifts our minds out of the ordinary, lifts our spirits out of the mundane. Who knows what I'm talking about, about spirit, you know, mundane spirits? It's just like, again? Or that, that mind that's limited by reasoning. And sometimes we're, our, our worship to God gets limited by our reasoning. I'm not getting this. I don't have that. I, I, I'm waiting for this. And, and do you know what? We're meant to... Shout for joy to the Lord. We're meant to worship Him. So this morning, I want to talk about, and this is how I fight my battles, hashtag FMB. That's my youthful thing today. Um, Fight my battles. Bridled worship. This would have looked so much better if I had my beanie on. It's back to front. It's inside out. Oh, who's been playing with my bridle? Let me get it right. My OCD won't let me go on. Yes, it will. (laughs) I can't work it out. This is a bridle. Someone in the church went, I need to buy you a bridle, Steve. And I'm like, hello? You know, that's a bit weird to have someone come up and say that. But he said, nah, God's talking to us about bridling. And And it's really incredible because in Matthew 5, Jesus said, blessed are the poor in spirit. That's actually not poor as in... It's actually poor as in you understand that you don't have within you the capacity or within you the, the release to be able to achieve things and do things and know things and be who you're meant to be. And it's actually relying on someone else. And the word worship actually means being a slave of knowing that somebody has something that is greater than who you are and you need to serve that. You need to serve that. So this worship, it's actually saying here, uh, blessed are the poor in spirit. It's actually, the word is very similar. Blessed are those that worship God. Blessed are those that submit to God. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. That blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. When you are bridled, because that's what the word actually means, to govern your life and bridle your life. You'll hear a lot of this coming out this morning because they are keys of the kingdom. They are everywhere. And you just see these keys popping up. And coming at you all the time if you're hungry. Because the word of God says those that hunger and thirst after righteousness shall be filled. Shall be filled. That's in Matthew 5. So being bridled doesn't mean... And so this is bridal worship. You might think, oh, shouldn't it be unbridled worship? You know, just throw off the reins and just worship. Yes, no. 
This is actually worshipping and governing your mind, governing your mouth and governing your life in accordance with the word of God. So we're going to right now in our hearing and me and my talking and I'm going to be listening as well because the Holy Spirit's here and operating. So I want to go back to this powerful teaching in Matthew 5, 6 and 7 because these are all principles of God. The promises and principles of God that Jesus not only called his disciples to emulate and follow, but called all of mankind because he didn't limit it to anyone. He said, this is free to anyone. And through Jesus now, there's no, there's no Greek or Jew. There's no uh, male or female. Everyone is the same. After the cross, everyone is the same now. There is no limitations. And it, it was interesting because I, I was watching the footy yesterday. Anyone else? Who gave up halfway through? Oh, what? Where's your go-get-em attitude? Are you Australians? It is Aussie rules. No, I usually don't watch it either. But um, I'm watching it yesterday, and at the end of the game, there was this guy that we're interviewing, and he's of a particular um, faith. And in his faith, he prays five times a day, um, religiously. And it's interesting because the, the name of their faith actually means to be a servant, but I, it's interesting when you see, because this woman wanted to interview him at half time, but she went down and they'd shut the doors to, doors to females because he was praying. Because you can't have a female around you when you're praying. Which is really interesting, isn't it? Jesus said, no, there is no male or female. There is no limitation. And it's interesting when you look at this servant thing, um, because what are they being a servant to? They're bowing to a spirit five times a day. And um, they're actually, it's a spirit of control and it's a spirit of, of division because no women can be around them. They're, they're, that knocks out 50% of the population straight away that you can't be around when you're we're in that thing. But we're in freedom because of Jesus. Do you see this? We're in freedom. We're not doing this out of what Kylie said, out of you know, being compelled to do it. But there's something in this that, that gives us great release. It gives us great... Um, authority because we loose and we bind things when we use the keys of the kingdom. So um, what he said wasn't about emulating these things, was not a demand of obedience just for obedience sake. It was actually a promise of reward from love. If you do this, this is yours. If you do this, this is yours. If you do this, you'll get this. And it's that's the nature of our Father who's in heaven, and that's what Jesus came to show us was Dad. And if you know Dad, then you know who you are. And that's what Dad wants to do. He wants to show you. The Father in heaven wants to show you who you are, what you're doing on this planet, what you're here for, and how to find peace, how to find joy. Matthew 5, 13 to 15 says this, You are the salt of the earth. This is right after he'd done all the, the Sermon on the Mount, blessed are those, blessed are the Greek, blessed are the cheesemakers. You know, um, you are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? Whoa, that's really bizarre, isn't it? Does anyone else find that bizarre? It says you're the salt. Has anyone found salt that has lost its saltiness yet? I never have. But this is a caution that Jesus has given us, and you'll find out in a minute what that word salt actually means. It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. You go, oh, that's a bit sad. It's talking about us. You know, if we lose our saltiness, we're just cast out. But remember, in places where there's snow and ice, they throw salt on the ground so that 
traffic can go through to melt the snow, so it can keep giving an open access to everyone around. So there's still a use for it. There's still a use for it, even though it's lost its saltiness. And he goes on to say, you are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Oh, Jesus, you nailed it. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. Who wants to get a bit of an understanding about this just here? Because this is really profound. And this is actually being about bridled. Oh, it's so hard to use. Oh, please. You're a horsewoman. First time I kissed Kylie was behind one of her horses after we'd been riding. Do you remember that, babe? Yeah. Then her horse, it was actually Nanny's horse, tried to kill me. <laughs> Nanny's horse didn't like men. <laughs> Thank you, Kylie. Is that how it goes? I should have taken... I was watching you the whole time we were riding horses. I never cared about this sort of stuff. And I... <laughs> I'm standing there, kissed Kylie, and she's going back around to the front of a horse, and then two hooves. <laughs> Never stand behind a nervous horse. That's what I want to say. My word of wisdom for the day. Light and salt. The word salt actually means flavor, influence, prudence. Flavor, influence, prudence. You are the flavor of the world, of the earth. You are the flavor of the earth. You are the influencer of the earth. You are the prudence of the earth. Now, prudence isn't just a name. It's actually a word that has in incredible um, depth to it. Prudence means the ability to govern and discipline oneself. Prudence means wisdom in the management of all affairs. Prudence means skill and good judgment in the use of resources. And prudence means caution as to danger or risk. You are the prudence of the earth. You are able to bring management of affairs. You are able to bring wisdom in using resources. You are able to bring instruction and caution in times of danger and in times of risk to people's lives. Don't lose your flavor. You bring out the God flavors. Don't lose your influence. Don't be influenced by others. Be an influencer in your world. And you have the ability to govern and discipline yourself. Don't lose that. Keep that. Light. You are the salt. You are the light. Light. The word light here means to shine or make manifest. Manifest means to amplify and to put it up big. It means to give direction. Luminousness. Luminousness. That, that word flows well. Luminousness. The quality of being luminous. Being able to emit or reflect light. Jesus said in John 18, 12, I am the light of the world. I am the light of the world. We have the ability to reflect Jesus or actually even emit Jesus. You are the light of the world. In physics, there's luminous flux and magnetic flux. These are two principles that, that govern things. Stars out in the sky, they have luminous flux as well as magnetic flux, but they have been ignited and they are now burning. Our star is a big hydrogen bomb that's containing itself with its gravity containing the explosion because otherwise it just goes, you know, you see on movies where it just goes, you know, that shock wave goes out. I'm caught on that, sorry. 
You have luminous flux and magnetic flux. It's interesting in Matthew 3, um, 11, Jesus, uh, sorry, um, John the Baptist said, there's one that's coming after me that's going to anoint you with fire. Ignition of light. Ignition of light in your life. And power. Magnetic flux has power. The other day, Chelsea pulled her because she, while we're away, I get this text message. Well, actually, it, we were in the conference down in Melbourne and Chelsea had... The cats had spilt water, knocked over a vase, our two rascal cats, and, and covered the, her computer with um, water. So she's like ringing people, help me, help me, help me. And um, she pulled, asked Uncle Bruce, and Uncle Bruce said, pull the back off, take it outside, leave it in the sun, let it, you know. And a guy from Apple that we know, um, he said, fill it up with rice. I think he meant put it in rice while the back wasn't off. No, pull the back off and pour the rice in there. Wow. So I came home to a rice-filled MacBook. <laughs> and so Chelsea's got most of the rice out, but there were still a few in there. And she said, oh, that'll be right. And I'm going, no, 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 no. No, that won't be right. <laughs> so I'm there. <laughs> wasn't mixing drinks either. I was shaking this thing to try and get the rice out. Then we're trying to put the back on, and it's got these tiny, tiny little torque heads on the thing, and I'm like, is this the right one, Chelsea? Use your eyes. Come on. Use my glasses and use your eyes to get this thing off. And anyway, I was having trouble keeping it on there because this wasn't a magnetised tip. So I went and got one of my rare earth magnets off the fridge, <laughs> popped it off, and I, I stroked this thing because when you actually put a magnet in contact with ferrous you know, um, iron... It actually, and you stroke it, it aligns the, the poling, the poles in that, in that iron body, and you get a magnetic field. Who's ever done this in science, Prak? You know, at, at school and that. Yeah. Or those of you that did do it, because you would have, you're just like, nah, I don't need that in my life. Shut that away. <laughs> this is a very important time where you can use these principles. And then you go over and you just pick up the little tiny screw that you can't even see with your eyes. What's going on, Apple? And um, put it back in. So this is magnetic flux. When we get close to Jesus, we get a power and an attraction in our life. It, it, it actually polarizes us and makes us be attractive. But not only that, there is something about magnets that is, is from God that we still haven't discovered yet. There is power in magnetic flux that we still don't know what it's all about. Um, I'll just leave it at that because I can get... I really love this stuff. Can, can you, do you get it? Like I, I hope I don't make it boring for you because I, I want to actually you know, encourage you to look at God's world and, and God's creation um, with great you know, anticipation and expectation because he has done so much. You might say, oh, but I don't have goodness in my life. And I'm like, Really? You don't see it because I've had that attitude too. But then I start looking around and thanking God for his goodness. And all of a sudden, I, I, I see it everywhere. Yeah. See it everywhere. Yeah. Now, Jesus goes on to say um, that a town on a hill, you know, doesn't hide its light. It, it can't hide its light. It, everyone sees it. Now, this is interesting because right at the end of Matthew 7, there is a statement that Jesus makes. He says, if you build your house on a rock... Though the, 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 the rains come, though the winds come, though the floods come, you will not be knocked down. Your life will be strong. Now listen to this. Jesus said, a town built on a hill. And you might go, where was he going with that? That great narration of a town on a hill and can't hide its light. 
there's something profound about this. This is our Jesus and the keys all locked together. The word town actually um, means a town with walls or a city. Um, polis is the word in the Greek that it uses. Now, it's a city bustling, it's alive, but it's actually with the, fortif- with the walls, it's a fortified city prepared to fight battle or to make war. This is in that word town and in the root words from that, that this word is taken from, polis. And so there is warfare right there in this, how I fight my battles. The next one is a hill. Now, the word hill actually means to rise or to rear as lifting itself above a plane, to take up or away, to weigh anchor, not be weighed down by something, not be held back by anything, but to be released, to take up and move away, to remove and loose sin, contamination. This is all in the word. So this isn't just a statement. This is a place. This is something that you build on. If you build on something that that removes removes sins or or lifts you up, causes you to rise. But not only that, in the word hill is to raise the voice and to keep in suspense the mind. You might go, what? Listen to this. If you have the revelation of being a fortified city ready for battle, built on a solid high place that lifts and propels you, cleanses you of sin and enables you to speak out and be expectant in your mind... Jesus is saying, when you're like that, you glow. You're glowing. You've actually got light that you can't shut down. Oh, I hope you grab this today because there's incredible revelation in this. Psalm um, 100 verse 4, enter his gates with thanksgiving and in his courts with praise. Now you might think, I have heard this so many times. Can't you get another scripture? There's a lot in there, Stephen. No, no. We need to get a revelation about this because I I tell you now, this is a key of how we fight our battles. This is a key of how we live our lives. This is a key of how we have breakthrough in our lives. The word thanksgiving, say thankgiving up there. Oh, no, the word thanksgiving, excuse me, thankgiving. Neck minute, you got it right, is the word toda. An extension of the hands, a confession of the truth of what you believe, a declaring truth to acknowledge or to claim. To acknowledge or to claim. It's adoration and it actually speaks of Toda, a choir of worshippers bringing a sacrifice of praise. A choir of worshippers. This is actually a corporate word right here. Sometimes it's a sacrifice to be thankful. It's a sacrifice when you're going through hard times and, and hardship in your life to be thankful about the truth of God's promises and the truth of who God is. It's hard to, be, to bring that, that offering and it's a sacrifice when you're in the midst of hardship. It comes from a root word which is yada or yodor. It depends which side of Israel you came from. To use hands physically to throw at or throw away a stone or an arrow. That's a warfare thing right there. This is a battle thing right here. To revere or to worship with extended hands. See, this isn't just a charismatic thing. This is actually right way back, right through Psalms. Um, David's talking and the psalmists are talking about raising the hands, bringing worship. Who watched the footy yesterday? And you see when a goal was, was kicked, people just went, yay. No, yay, yay. They were so excited. 
We're meant to be excited in the same way. Shout for joy, all the earth. Oh, I'm talking to myself here. To make a confession of praise or to shoot. Two weapons, two times weapons are talked of here. To throw away or throw a stone or an arrow, throw a, a limitation or a bondage away or throw a rock or something at somebody or something, spiritually, metaphors right there. An arrow, praise. It's actually entry gates with thanksgiving, entry courts with praise. The word praise means an elevated position of giving thanks, a hymn of good proclamation. The word praise in its, root, in its root form means to be clear, originally in sound, but usually of color. Light is the basis of color. If there wasn't any light, you wouldn't see colors. You know, I'm not actually wearing this um, naturally hemp thing. It won't rot, won't waste away. It's actually quite big. Not like these linen pants. But um, this isn't the colour of it. This is just the light that it's absorbing out of the spectrum of the light that we have in the room. You're not wearing black or you're not wearing blue or whatever. It's actually the light that's being absorbed by your fabric. It's the colour of that that's absorbing that element of the light. Does that make sense? No. Okay. <laughs> that's the best I can do. Um, Elevated position of thanks, a hymn of good proclamation, to be clear, originally of sound, but usually of colour, to shine, hence to make a show. It also means to boast and thus be clamorously foolish. This one always gets me to rave and to celebrate, to be clamorously foolish. You're like, oh, I don't know if I want to do that or be that. But it's funny because many people would think that you're foolish to rely on God that you're foolish to believe in a God that they don't know anything about and even have faith in your life. They have faith, but they don't understand faith. No one understands faith until you step into it. No one gets faith until you, you get it and you move into it. And then it increases because he's the author and perfecter of our faith. You know, it really, it's, it's great to be in the Assembly of Saints, to be here today, to sing with you. And I, I really want to encourage you, like, there is something about singing, not just coming and just like, la, 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 read the words that are on the screen, actually entering in, raising your hands, being thankful, having a thankful heart, having a thankful demeanor. You know, not coming, you know, just like, oh, I'm doing this thing. No, 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 be here. Be in the presence of God. Be connected to the Spirit of God. Be a disciple of Jesus, and let him polarize your life so that you have that fire and power. You ignite with it, and once you're ignited with it, you glow. But not only that, when you're actually close to Jesus, you're polarized. You know, you're polarized, and you get this attractiveness. You get this polarization and power from God, from Jesus. It's great to do this and sing about God's promises, give thanks and proclaim his true nature, but it's this is, this is a powerful thing, being here. And a lot of people go, oh, I love worship, because we get something out of it as well. When we minister to God, he ministers to us as well. It's a two-way street. He's not just there going, yes, yes, praise me, worship me. No, no. He's actually there going, I love you. You're my child. I want to show you who you are. I want to show you everything about your nature that I created you to be. There's been no one like you, ever, ever. He's really like 
pretty riled up about this. He loves you a lot. Because if not, why wouldn't he just wipe us out? Because of his love. His love. It's great to come and sing with one another. But do you know what? I reckon there's even a more powerful weapon, more deadly weapon, when we enter into praise and thankfulness and worship on a daily basis. When we go to sleep at night and we're thinking about God's goodness and we're proclaiming God's goodness and we're, and we're, we're communicating it in our houses, not just talking about uh, whatever it is that normal people talk like because you're not normal anymore. You're not of this earth anymore. Colossians 3.2 says, you know, do not set your minds on things that are earthly but rather on things that are heavenly. You know, this earth will pass away one day, but the heavenlies, that's the eternal realm. You might, and we pray, may your kingdom come, may your will be done. That's in Matthew, 5, Matthew 6, I think it is. Ah, I could be getting them wrong there. But it, your kingdom come. You might think that the kingdom of God is just when you die. It's not. It's right here, right now. It's right here. The miraculous is right here. It's for us to enter into by faith. Enter into. Why do we pray for people? Because we, by faith and by the proclamation of the word, it says that these things will happen. So we're not going to stop doing that, even if we don't see a result from it. Do you know what? I'm going to give thanks even if I don't see any result from that. I'm going to praise God and enter into his courts even if nothing changes in my realm. He's still the same. He's still the same that he used to be because in Psalm 100, at the end of that, he says that his goodness is eternal, and he's faithful to all generations. His love is. In your bed at night, when you rise to face the days, <laughs> days of uncertainty, none of us know what the day holds. We think we know. We said in our mind, this is what I'm going to do and this is what I'm going to achieve. But none of us know that. Anything could happen. Anything can happen. But as we walk into it with anticipation, with faith, expectancy, of seeing what God's going to do. Not, oh, I hope this doesn't happen. I hope that doesn't happen. No, God, what can you do through that if it happens? What are you going to do through me if this happens to me? Because he's more concerned with what happens in us than what happens to us. Our attitudes. In bed at night, when you rise to face the day, when you're in your car. Oh, I had to shift my mind a lot in this area because when I was in my car, all the other idiots on the road were really, you know, I'd be driving along, doing the speed limit, and somebody comes up behind me and they just sit right on your tail. Anyone else know what I'm talking about? Come on. I'm not the only one, or else I've got a really bad attitude in my life. I'm, seriously. And the, thank you. I see that hand. I hear that affirmation. But, you know, and then people like waiting for a moment, and they're, they're sitting there wait, ready to overtake, and you're thinking, I'm doing the speed limit. Are you... Uh. So I had to start worshipping God. Had to start praising God, thanking God for his goodness. I don't care what anyone else is doing on the road. Stephen, you don't care what anyone else is doing on the road. (laughs) Don't, you don't. If you're at work or at school, thanking God, thanking God. Even if you've got to do a filthy, you know, horrible job, thanking God. Thanking God that you've got a job because there's people out there that don't have jobs that are caught in a poverty mindset that they're looking for jobs but they just, they just exude this poverty mindset that they, I don't know, it, it just, you need to thank God. Be thankful in your heart. Be thankful at all times. It makes you attractive. There's something about you. Do you know it's a whinging personality? Eh, people are just like, oh, beauty, mate. Yep, 
good on you. Good luck with all that, you know. And, but it's somebody that's thankful and kind and generous, you know. There's something attractive about them, isn't it? No, it's not somebody that just wants to talk about themselves and talk about their problems and all that, but somebody that asks you about your life and asks you is generous of spirit and, and kind in their nature. That's reminding me, I need to do that in the car more often. Not just in the high times, but also in the hard times. You know, the, the times of hardship and darkness that we go through and, and we all have to endure those times. But we're reminded by Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not live in lack. He leads me beside streams of water and into green pastures. And he restores my soul. He prepares a table for us to sit with him at in the midst of my enemies and those that are trying to attack me and bring me down and, and deride me. Psalm 100 verse 5. For the Lord is good. And his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. This isn't just a nice, comfortable thing to have. This is actually a proclamation, a powerful weapon of defense and, and also um, of destruction to the enemy. It's a defense of ourselves, defense of our families. No, no, the Lord is good. And his love endures through all generations. His faithfulness continues. I want to be a true worshiper. Worship in spirit and in truth. Who wants to be a true worshiper? You know, who wants to be a true worshiper where, where you're actually in that place where you're, on a, you're a city on a hill prepared? You've, got, you've been lifted up to a high place where you're looking down around and you're just going, I can see everything coming at me for miles. Because he His word is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. It shows us. Yeah. I want you to, today, I want, I want to just put a challenge out. We're going to sing again in a minute. You got an idea of what you're going to sing, Charles? Yeah, good. It's a challenge for us to live above the normal and to live above the earthly and to, to live above the pattern of this world. It is hard to step out of. It's so easy to go with the flow, but it's hard to swim against that stream and go in an opposite direction. But... It's not all about the effort that it takes. It's about who's with you and who's on your side and who's there going, championing you saying, come on, you're almost there. You're so close. You can step into this. It's right there. You don't know how far you are from breakthrough in your life because God is faithful. His love endures through all generations. Can you just stand to your feet? We're just finishing now. There's something about our hands being surrendered to God that is really profound. That's why in all these examples of praise and of worship, it, it involves our hands. Some of them are actually the wringing of the hands and the, the word bemoaning, like to, to actually you know, um, present a case to God with rending of the hands. There's something important about our hands. But that's only during certain times. The rest of the time, our hands are hands of peace, hands of love, hands of healing, hands that are generous. But when we raise our hands and surrender to God, there's just something about that that changes our nature. Because sometimes I've lifted my hands and it's been the most weightiest, hardest thing for me to do 
but I'm just like, oh, I can't keep my hands up, but I'm going to, I'm going to fight this. My will is going to take over this, you know, this weightiness or whatever it is. And other times I'm like standing there for hours with my hands up going, this is physically impossible. Like, I don't know how. It's just like a lifting and a, there's something about it. So this morning, I just want to encourage you, if you want to, and, and, and put a challenge at it. If you're going to be a true worshiper, I just really encourage you, lift your hands now. I'm going to pray, but lift your hands as surrender to God, as a servant, as a slave, as a bond servant. It says, Father, I thank you for your kingdom, your kingdom of peace, your kingdom of love, your kingdom of goodness, your kingdom <laughs> and knows no end. Father, thank you for your kingdom that we are now a part of when we're in Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for revealing the Father to us and the Father's plans to us. That You didn't say anything on your own, but you only repeated what the Father, you reflected what the Father required of you. And now we are to reflect what you require of us to worship our Father, our God, because the Lord is God. The Lord is God. Holy Spirit, I ask right now that you would just infill each life that is surrendered to our Father right now, that you would cause revelation to flow, that you would cause comfort and nurture in their life to flow that you would ignite an expectancy of worship. Holy Spirit, remind us, counsel us, convict us, bring a conviction into our life of concrete that we would be worshippers, true worshippers, who worship in spirit and in truth, not in convenience, not just at certain times, but all times, in all days, in all seasons, in all circumstances, in all trials. Father, we surrender to you. We surrender to you. We surrender to the leading of your spirit. We surrender to the office and the authority of Jesus. You are Lord of all, Jesus. You are King of kings and Lord of lords. Holy Spirit, have your way. Father God, may your kingdom come. May your will be done. Your kingdom of peace, your kingdom of love your kingdom of kindness, your kingdom of joy, your kingdom of healing, oh, your kingdom of strength, your kingdom of life. I just ask for a touch on each life, that you would just cause your, your spirit to infiltrate and saturate each life represented here today. Each generation, each family. Have your way, Father God, because it's the best way. It's a good way. It's a kind way. It's a loving way. Thank you, Father, that you care about us so much. You care about us so much. Thank you for your immense love. I thank you for sending Jesus, the Christ, the Messiah, the sent one. Thank you for taking away our sins. Thank you for forgiving us. And thank you for cleansing us from all unrighteousness so that we can... <laughs> Enter your gates with thanksgiving and come into your courts, that close, intimate place of your courts with praise. You are God and there is no other. You are God and there is none beside you at all. Thank you for your touch on each life here today. 
Holy Spirit, remind us to be true worshippers. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Thanks for joining today. It would be so awesome to see you at church this Sunday. If you'd like to know more about service times or simply want to find out more about church, head to our website, riveredgechurch.com.au.